If you enjoy our videos and podcasts and would like us to continue putting out regular quality content, head over to patreon.com forward slash aircrewinterview where you can donate monthly and in return you will get rewards ranging from early interview viewings, bonus clips, credited as a producer and much more. Thank you and enjoy. So we're here with uh, Bruce Gordon, uh, former uh, F-100, F-102 and F-106 pilot. And you, obviously you've seen on the channel before, but he's got three amazing stories uh, to share with us. So Bruce, I'm going to let you loose and share them with us. Thank you very much, Mike. Uh, the three stories, first is a story of shooting down the Bullmark, and we'll tell you about what that is. Uh, the second is shooting down the mace, which is a story in itself linked to the problems in Vietnam. And the third is air-to-air against the F-104, which was a their first 100% supersonic engagement. They're pretty rare to have 100% supersonic engagements against the F-104. Mm-hmm. But in the first, in 1967, the F-106 was finishing up all its qualifications to be fully operation. And one of the qualifications was to intercept a target with a closing rate of around 2,000 miles an hour. So I was chosen as the best radar man of our squadron and sent down to Tyndall Air Force Base, Florida. And my squadron commander came along also. Well, he wasn't that great a radar man, but he was a squadron commander. So we were told about the setup for this. We would be shooting at a Bomark, which was Actually, still, the Bomark B was still in operational use. This was the Bomark A being taken out of service and was going to be used as a target. And it was going to be fired from uh, a little bit west of us at uh, Eglin Air Force Base, and it would climb to... 55,000 feet and accelerate to Mach 2.3. Before it took off, two F-104s were going to take off and be heading out right on its route. They were going to fire the Bullmark, accelerating faster than the F-104s, and as the F-104s climbed out in full afterburner, they would fly the Bullmark right over the F-104's cockpits. And they would try to shoot at it with sidewinders. Then it would reach the altitude of uh, 55,000 feet and turn to the east and accelerate to all the way to Mach 2.3. Now, Then my squadron commander would come in first. 
He had a radar missile, which had the most likely chance of winning. Might as well use an F-106 instead of my hands. But he would be coming in uh, first. He got his first shot because he's the commander. And he would have the radar missile because that was the most likely to get a kill. I would be coming in behind him and I would have a one infrared missile, the AIM-4G. And they didn't know if the infrared missile would work on the front, but they thought that the Bomark would be hot enough that it would uh, attract the infrared missile. Now, the, these were Falcon missiles, and they required a direct hit before they would detonate. There was no proximity fuse. Right. So this right. was a complete test of the system. Now, if neither of us got it, the Bomark was going to continue to the east, and it would be running out of fuel. And as it ran out of fuel and descended, there was an F-102 down there that was going to try to shoot it down with, with the... The, it had six missiles on board, anything it can do to get it as it was coming down out of fuel. So this was quite a complex operation. And notice that the F-4s, didn't, F-104s, did not have enough fuel to loiter. They were right on the end of the runway. They would start off and take off and go into afterburner and climb out in afterburner the whole way. Then they would be out of fuel, they'd turn around and come back. Now the F-106s, this was more within our routine operation. We took off a half an hour before everybody else. And we went out and orbited in the target area, waiting for the show to begin. So it shows, first of all, that we had plenty of fuel to do this kind of operation. So everything was going just as expected. They called that the F-104s were taking off, the Bomark was launching, the F-104s were there, two of them in trail, and they fired one missile, the Bomark came right over the F-104s, and number two fired a sidewinder, and I guess they're lucky they didn't hit the lead. <laughs> but he did not hit the Bomark. He had no chance against the Bomark. He really said uh, there was no chance. It came over so fast that there was no chance at all. Now, I could see it turn down range toward us now. It left quite a big smoke trail. And so I saw it from maybe 100 miles away. Mm -hmm. And it was coming in. It was climbing up to uh, 55,000 feet and coming at us. Now, we were going at it at 45,000. The difference being the safety. This is a normal snap-up attack of 10,000 feet. It was not trying to test anything for particularly high altitude. This was to test the F-106 system. Mm -hmm. And so I'm behind my lead, and he comes in, and 
Uh, he couldn't get a lock on. So he couldn't get a lock on, and so he's going underneath it. And right. my problem was I wasn't allowed to arm the missile until and I had one infrared missile now. On the other rail was what they call a WISM, which was a blue simulator missile that recorded all the signals to make sure that the right signals were given by the computer to the real missile. But it wasn't firing, it was just a recorder. But as I came in, I could not arm until they had lateral separation from the target so I didn't shoot down my lead. Mm -hmm. That's a safety precaution. But as I'm coming in now and closing on this target at 2,000 miles an hour, every second counted. And they did not give me clearance to fire. He stayed right under the target as he went. They didn't give lateral separation. So it was just, I did lock on but I couldn't arm until they said so. Yeah. So finally they called arm. So I jammed the switch on, armed it, and already my target marker circle, which gives 20 seconds to go, had already started to collapse. And the target marker circle collapsed very rapidly. This thing was coming down the scope at a remarkable rate. Now, what was happening at the same time was I was so focused on what they were doing that I was climbing. Right. I wasn't down at my 45,000 feet. I had climbed up some, I don't know how much I had climbed up, so that it was more of a head-on than you would expect or than was planned. But I armed the switch, squeezed the trigger, the computer's counting down already. Now, this was a good thing for the F-106 computer system. While it normally takes certain time, like 20 seconds to go means 20 seconds, but not, those were 20 computer seconds. It was able to recognize that there wasn't enough time. Mm -hmm. And the computer increased the speed of what computer seconds were so that the thing came collapsing down very rapidly. I get the big X, which is a pullout signal. I hear the, the doors open, the missile bay doors open, and the missile streamed out, nice smoke trail and a big whoosh, you could hear it in the cockpit, and it came up and the bull mark was coming in, and I hit the left intake, left engine intake spike. Wow. It's a it's a ramjet engine. Yeah. And the intake spike must have been the hottest place because that AIM-4G went right up and hit that intake spike. The explosion blew off the Bomark's wing. And the Bomark rolled over and I'm coming at it and it dove on me. Wow. I thought it was going to hit me. And all I could see was this ball of fire coming at me at 2,000 miles an hour. You can imagine that, that that was just there for a moment. It's in my mind of the ball. I kind of ducked because I felt it was going to hit me, but no, it went just over my cockpit and down. And that was it. 
I turned around and went home and landed and debriefed and said that the F-106 system had performed just as expected. I even used the time compression that it has. And that was one of the things, for instance, that the F-4 didn't have later in Vietnam. So, Bruce, what does uh, BOMARC stand for? What's the acronym for? The BOMARC was a missile that was actually a surface-to-air missile with two big ramjet engines. Wow. It had about a 120-mile range. It would climb to be launched with a rocket boost vertically. It would climb to 55 or 65,000 feet and could go as fast as Mach 2.5. Then, as it went out, it uh, would then home in on the target. It had both a conventional warhead or a nuclear warhead. Wow, okay. So this was a American surface-to-air missile with a range of around 120 nautical miles. Wow. That's the moment. And they were on alert in the Air Force and did carry nuclear weapons. And we had some interesting stories about them, but that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you've got a second story for here um, for us uh, here, Bruce, and it sounds fascinating. So I'm going to let you go into that one straight away. Okay, this is later on in about nine, late 1968, early 1969. The F4s were trying to use the Falcon missile and were having a bad time in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. They said bad things about the missile. And I was always convinced the problem was the F-4, which didn't have the computer that we had. So the Air Force air defense people and the Air Force tactical people, generals, were arguing. And the Air defense people said, we've got a really uh, uh, better than 90% probability of kill with this missile. And Tech says, no, it's got a 15% probability of kill. Hmm. And they argued and they said, well, the only way to do it is to test. He says, well, all the F-106 tests, the, the technicians have gone over the missiles specifically And they're all prepared. Now, in Vietnam, we're doing ones that aren't prepared. They're just carried up there and they happen to be used. So we want some missiles that have not been prepared, not been checked out, just Mm -hmm. routine old missiles. So the general said, okay, we'll take some F-106s that are on alert right now and send them down to Tyndall Air Force Base, and we'll give them two very realistic, well, one very realistic target, which would be a uh, surface-to-surface cruise missile, the MACE, which was the best we had at the time, and it 
was a big nuclear missile. Very valid missile is from an infrared standpoint. As a backup, in case the mace didn't go, they would have a drone target. And so they're going to pick a couple of F-106s that are actually on alert. Now, I happened to be at Selfridge Air Force Base and saw a T-33 jet trainer land with and two colonels got out of it, and I was kind of wondering what they were doing. I wondered <laughs> what colonels are doing messing around our air base. And they went straight to the alert hangar, and they chose the two airplanes that were on alert and said to, they were only going to check the infrared missiles. They weren't worried about the radar missiles at all because they weren't using them in Vietnam. They were using only the infrared. And we actually had nuclear weapons on board at that time. Wow. So they said, take off the nuclear weapons and take off the radar missiles. Leave on the M4G infrared missiles, the infrared Falcons, and fly those planes down to Tyndall, where we'll have this test. They could pick any pilots they wanted. Right. Because crew rest and all that, they weren't testing the pilots. They were testing the missile. Mm -hmm. So our squadron commander picked me, and since he had missed the Beaumark, he didn't pick himself. He picked a captain who was pretty darn good with his radar, and I was in command, and we went took those two F-106s and flew them down to Tyndall. When I started mine up, I immediately noticed I had a radar malfunction, but the as I understood the game, I could shoot this down using any method I could. I wasn't limited to any specific attack. And I could do that. And so the two of us flew down there to Tyndall, and we had, due to all the flight times and all that, we had to spend a night down there. And my number two man, Arnie Voigt, really wanted to get the mates. Mm -hmm. He said, you got the Beaumark. I want to get the mates. Now, I was in command. <laughs> I wanted to get the mates, too. But I said, okay, Arnie, you can have it. You can take the mace, and I'll back you up. So we had our normal briefing, and we took off. The mace, again, was launched from uh, Eglin Air Force Base and came out over the Gulf of Mexico, much like the Beaumont did, but at a lower altitude. And we were directed in by ground radar, and we came in and we took, I took, I was sort of flying his wing, right? And he had the bounce. So I'm just following, if he missed, I was gonna go in. And we did have a F-101 with, which is a two-seater with a video camera guy in the back, camera guy in the oh. back, 
the movies up. And so we picked up the mace coming out, and and it was a fast plane, but we were a lot faster. So he came right on in, and he launched his two infrared missiles. The missile bay doors came open, the missile rails extended, and the two missiles fired. I thought they were supposed to have a quarter of a second delay between them. They didn't. They came off exactly together. No, no way. And they raced toward the mates. Both of them are locked onto the tailpipe. And they were about three or four feet apart in the missile bay. And they were three or four feet apart as they all raced toward the tailpipe. No way. Neck and neck, the same speed. And when they got to the mace, the two of them wanted to get in the tailpipe together. So as they went into the tailpipe, they hit each other and exploded. They were so close to the tailpipe that they flipped the mace up from the blast and it started to go down, but then the autopilot on the mace grabbed on and pulled the darn thing out of the dive. And it pulled out just over the water. And I was about to go down and shoot it myself when I noticed it was slowing down. I said, huh, it's slowing down. It's flamed out. The blast from behind had flamed out the engine on the maze. So it's coming in low on the water, and it's sinking down a little bit, and that autopilot was trying to hold the altitude. It was it was a I had the autopilot had guts anyway. He's he's just pulling it out. He's trying to hold it up and just over the water, and it was just leaving a, a trail in the water behind it from the from the wind, and finally it just fell into the water and a big splash, and that was the end of the maze. But now they had the second target, the simple drone target, with no augmentation, nothing. Usually they have flares on it or something else. No, this was a simple drone target. And I committed on that. Now, I knew I couldn't lock on with radar. I could pick it up on the radar, so I knew where it was. But I used my infrared. Now, the F-106 has infrared. Mm-hmm. So I switched to an infrared attack for the final and locked on with infrared because I have infrared missiles. So I've selected infrared missiles and I came in behind it and the darn thing was so small, really I couldn't see it. I was on radar and I was trying to read my radar range off the radar scope mm-hmm. to see when I was with Well, finally, I squeezed the trigger and fired off the two missiles. And they hit the drone, which I didn't really see until an instant before they hit, because the the smoke trail showed, oh, there there it is, right there. And they hit it, and the uh, drone uh, blew up in a big ball of fire. It was so close, I didn't realize it was so close to me. I was much closer than I thought, and this also shows that the 
AIM-4G missile was capable of being fired at quite close range. Yeah. That was yeah. one thing that Sidewinder couldn't be. Mm -hmm. You had to be pretty far out with a Sidewinder. The AIM-4G did guide uh, during boost, which the Sidewinder didn't. Yeah. So that we could guide at close range, and I don't know what the range was, but it was close mm. because there was this bang in front of me. And actually, I couldn't pull out of the way in time to avoid going through the fireball. I went through part of the fireball, uh, came around, we came back and landed, and we looked at my plane. I was quite worried about it. I had some scratches on the wings where some pieces of the drone had hit my wing. But other than scratched paint, that was the only thing. Really? But I, we had proven that two F-106s taken off alert with no preparation, even though I know I could have fixed that little thing that was on my radar, was a screwdriver fix. Yeah. I know exactly what they had to do. But the screwdriver was up front, and I, didn't, I couldn't have any maintenance. So I didn't fix it. I knew I had infrared. Wow. So I went ahead with the infrared, and we had our M4G infrared missiles, and we shot down two targets. We committed on two, we shot down two. So the problem was not the reliability of the missiles. Mm -hmm. The problem was the F-4.